What's up and welcome back. It is episode number 20 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. Dan, so glad to have you back. And Matt, I am glad to be back. It didn't feel right not being here last week, but uh, as Matt mentioned, I was a little under the weather last week. Tried to battle through, just just couldn't get through it. It was, uh, it was a heartbreaking situation to say the least, but Matt, I want to publicly congratulate you on your first, <laughs> For making first solo episode. You yeah. did an awesome job. The rundown was fantastic. The interview was great. Uh, the the re- positive reviews are coming in hot. I mean, uh, you did a, a heck of a job filling in. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely different. Uh, being alone in the studio doing the rundown is definitely different. Yep. And it shows me how much I need you as a partner. Oh, and, uh, and ditto, of course, you can't, you can't have the full athletics podcast without both guys at least kicking it off. But either way, both of us are back here for episode number 20 and we got a big episode today. We are uh, joined later in the episode by grad guard from the men's basketball team, Cameron Young. Uh, of course, this is a couple days later from the historic night that happened in Siena earlier this week. Uh, Cam Young put up 55 points in a triple overtime win. It was an NCAA record uh, for the 2018-19 season. It was a MAC record. It was a Quinnipiac record. Him and Jalen Pickett's combined 101 points were the most in the NCAA for two players combined since at least the 1996-97 season, according to ESPN. So the shot sheet of things that Cam Young accomplished in one night for the Bobcats goes on and on. He was Mr. ESPN for like a full 48 hours. Oh, yeah. It was was awesome, and it's always good for... Not just the athlete, but the school. It's good to see our school's logo and our school's name, like on ESPN and on Sports Center and headlining Sports Center, because we represent the athletic department, and to have them be shown is, is huge for us. It is. I mean, the the, the leading story on Sports Center being a Quinnipiac game, especially with the basketball program that has so much promise in Baker Dunleavy's second year. I mean, there there's no better storyline than that. So we will break all of that down. We talked to Cam later in this episode. We'll break down everything that happened with men's basketball and the other 13 Teen sports oh, that yeah. are going on right now. Because when spring gets thrown in the mix. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it makes it interesting. But anyways, we'll go through all of that right now in the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. Men's lacrosse dropped a contest on Saturday afternoon at Brown by a score of 20-7. to Tyler McKay led the Bobcats in scoring with three goals for his first career hat trick, so congratulations to him. The lacrosse team continues their preseason road swing with a game at Vermont on Saturday at noon. The women's lacrosse team lost a tough battle at Brown this past weekend by a score of 16-9. to The Bobcats scored two goals in the final minute of the first half and pulled within three goals early in the second, but ultimately fell. Senior Allison Kuhn posted her second hat-trick of the season, while Megan Swazlowski added two goals for the Bobcats as well. Now, the Bobcats are back in action the day this episode drops, and I'll be on the road again <laughs> with women's lacrosse at Yale at 5 p.m., so look out for extra content on their social media platforms. And then after that, they return home for their first home game of the season on Saturday at 1 p.m. against LIU Brooklyn, and they hit the road again for the game against Hofstra 
at Tuesday at 3 p.m. So a big, uh, busy schedule here for the women's lacrosse team. They're jumping headlong into their schedule with three preseason games coming up this week. For the men's tennis team, uh, they moved to 2-0 in MAC play this season as they cruised to a 7-0 victory at Niagara on Saturday. Alexa Martinovich, who we've talked about a bunch in the past, picked up a win in singles play, his second singles win so far this spring. He and Axel Stern also picked up a doubles win that night. The Bobcats dropped a non-conference match at the University of Buffalo the next day falling by a 7-0 margin. The men's tennis team hits the road again this weekend, visiting Army for a match on Saturday night. Now we're going to hop the net and head to the women's side of the tennis court. Women's tennis has now moved to 2-0 and in MAC play this season with a win at Niagara on Saturday. The final was 4-3 Bobcats, so an exciting tennis set for sure. The Bobcats have now won 49, yup, 49 straight MAC matches since joining the conference in 2013-14. That includes 39 consecutive regular season wins. The Bobcats dropped a non-conference match, on the other hand, the next day at the University of Buffalo by a 6-1 margin, with Jennifer Liu picking up the lone victory. Women's tennis is on the road this weekend for a Saturday afternoon match at UMass. The women's indoor track team placed fourth as a team at the 2019 MAC Championships this past weekend. Some highlights from the weekend. Freshman Simone Foster took home Rookie of the Meet honors for her efforts. Foster placed second in the 60-meter hurdles with a time of 8.66, which broke her own program freshman record. Sophomore Brittany Del Mundo broke the school record in the triple jump and finished fourth in the finals. Senior Marlo Wehrer finished first in the 400-meter dash, so congratulations to her and Marley Marston broke the program's freshman record in the shot put. The Bobcats are off this weekend, but they'll travel to Boston on March the 2nd for the ECAC championships. Now to acrobatics and tumbling. The number three Quinnipiac acrobatics and tumbling team won a pair of events Sunday afternoon, but the Bobcats fell in the season opener against the number two Oregon Ducks. The score was 268.605 to 264.775 at the People's United Center. These matches are always, always tight. Quinnipiac's toss group in the toss heat of the compulsory event recorded the lone perfect score of the day for their first perfect score of the season. Melanie Mancini was among the Bobcats' top performers, capped off a 9.525 in the tumbling open pass. Now the Acro team is headed to Waco, Texas this weekend for a Sunday afternoon match at Baylor University. The women's golf team is back in action for the first time this spring. They head to South Carolina to battle in the Kiowa Island Classic hosted by the College of Charleston from Sunday to Tuesday. So good luck to them in action here this spring. The Quinnipiac baseball team heard play ball for the first time this season. They dropped games at the University of North Carolina Greensboro 12-5 and 8-2. The third game of the weekend was rained out on Sunday. But in the first game on Friday, the MAC preseason player of the year, Liam Scaffarello, hit his 32nd career home run, setting a new Division I program record. This weekend, the Bobcats are on the road in North Carolina. They play a doubleheader on Saturday against Elon and then play the number 20 team in the country, Wake Forest, before finishing the weekend with a Sunday morning game also against Wake Forest. On the other side of the diamond for the softball team, they played in the Madera Beach Invitational this past weekend. On Friday, they beat Holy Cross by a score of 5-2 and then lost to South Dakota 4-0. On Saturday, they lost to Central Arkansas in a heartbreaker 6-5 before beating Akron 11-2 later that day. And then softball finished up on Sunday with a tough loss 3-2 against Ball State. Softball is off this week as they prepare for the Liberty Softball Classic. That is in two weeks, so we'll have more information about that in a few weeks. From the dirt of the diamond to the ice of the rink. Men's ice hockey now. 
they picked up three hard-fought points out of four this weekend on the road. The Bobcats tied number 20 team in the country union, 1-1 on Friday night. Wyatt Bongiovanni scored the lone goal for the Bobcats on a feed from Odin Tufto. Andrew Shortridge, yep, he's still good at goalie, made 27 saves, 22 of which came in the final two periods and overtime. And the Bobcats tied that game. The next night, Quinnipiac responded with a big 2-1 win against RPI. Odin Tufto scored a power play goal with 34 seconds left in the third period to give the Bobcats a 2-1 lead. Daniel Winslow had the other goal for the Bobcats. Andrew Shortridge, yep, he's still good, made 17 saves to pick up the victory in net. Saturday's game marked the 12th time this season that Shortridge has given up one goal or fewer, Dan. So he's actually really good at oh, goalie. Oh, extremely, extremely. Fantastic, one might say. Yes, yes. And here we go. Wee-woo, wee-woo. Rankings update. We got one spot up in the USCHO poll. Quinnipiac is now number five in the country, as they were number six in the USA Today poll as well, and number six in the Parawise as well. Men's ice hockey is also back at the Frank Prodi Jr. Arena for their final weekend of regular season home games. They host St. Lawrence on Friday and number 12 Clarkson on Saturday for senior night. So make sure you get out this weekend to see both games, especially on Saturday night. It's the number 12 team in the nation, Clarkson, and we're honoring an unbelievable senior class uh, that's been here for four years now. So make sure you come out for both of those games. Speaking of a senior night, the women's hockey team swept their final weekend of ECAC home games with wins on Friday and Saturday. They beat the RPI Engineers by a score of 4-0 on Friday night. Melissa Samuskevich had two goals, while Sarah Ev, Kotu Godbu, and Grace Markey also had goals. Then, on senior day, they beat Union by a score of 5-0 in front of the home crowd. Taylor House had two goals on the day, while Samuskevich, Kotu Godbu, and Randy Markon also scored. Hey, Dan, I heard that was her first uh, multi-goal game, too. Wow, congratulations to the sophomore Taylor House there. Abby Ives stopped all 24 shots she faced this weekend for her fifth and sixth shutouts of the season. For her efforts this weekend, freshman Lexi Agia was named the ECAC Rookie of the Week. She had three assists over the two-game series, was a plus four, and extended her personal point streak to six games. So the freshman catching fire right at the right time here for the Bobcats. The women's hockey team is on the road again in North Country this weekend. They play at St. Lawrence at 6 p.m. on Friday, following which they travel to Clarkson on Saturday for a 3 p.m. game. And a big weekend for the women's hockey team too, Matt. They come into the weekend tied for seventh right now. They they didn't get the tiebreaker, so they're in eighth, but they can get as high as fifth because the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth teams in the ECAC right now are separated by a point. It's two teams with 21 and two teams, including the Bobcats, with 20. And Dan, we've seen this story before. This yeah. is ECAC hockey. It's going to come down to the final weekend when it comes to standings for the playoffs. That's right. I mean, Clarkson is one of the top four teams in the conference, but the Bobcats played them to within a goal in a 3-2 loss a couple weeks ago at home. We know that the Bobcats can skate with Clarkson. They can skate with St. Lawrence. It's not a question of that. It's just that they continue to stay hot because they have been the last couple weeks. Need some puck clock. The women's basketball squad, let's check in on them. They continued to cook in the MAC play this past weekend. They started off with a 64-39 win at Manhattan Friday night. Aaron McClure led the way with 12 points, while senior Jen Fay had nine in her return from injury. The Bobcats forced Manhattan to turn over the ball 25 times and held the Jaspers to a 27.3% on shooting. Quinnipiac then faced its toughest MAC test to this point this season on Sunday in Fairfield, trailing by more than 12 points, but they battled back and earned a 48-40 road win. 
The Bobcats outscored Fairfield 17-7 in the fourth quarter, including a 7-0 run to close the game out. McClure and Fay tied for the team lead in points. Both had 11. The Bobcats concluded their road swing on Thursday night at Ryder at 7 p.m. before returning home to Battle Marist on Saturday at 2 p.m. And the final team on our rundown and the team that we're focusing on for today's episode, it is the men's basketball team. We got a lot to tell you about this weekend. They started the weekend off with a heartbreaking loss to Maris, 63-61 at Lender Court. Cam Young, surprise, surprise, led the way for the Bobcats with 24 points, while Jacob Rigoni added 13 of his own. Rich Kelly hit a three-pointer with two seconds left to bring the Bobcats within a single point, 62-61, but it ended up being too little, too late. But... Then, the Bobcats, a couple nights later, responded with a crazy 107-100 win in triple overtime over Siena on the road. Siena made a comeback in the second half, tying the game at 75 and forcing overtime. The two teams put up 18 points each over the first two overtime periods, but the Bobcats outscored the Saints 14-7 in overtime, number three, to take the game by seven. Cam Young, as we mentioned, he led the way for the Bobcats with 55 points to read you the shot sheet for what that meant, what Let the, the 55 know. points meant Let for Cam Young. Let the people know. It is the 2018-19 NCAA single game record for points, at least so far. The third most points by an NCAA Division I player in the last 20 years. Matt McAuliffe, who had the most with 61? Eddie Hose! Former Boston Celtic during their championship year. It also is the MAC single game record for points. The Quinnipiac Division I record for points. The Quinnipiac record for three pointers made. And the most points ever scored in a game at the Times Union Center. Cam Young and Jalen Pickett's combined 101 points. As we mentioned, it's the most since the 1996-97 season at least, according to ESPN, so it may go even farther than that. Young has been named the MAC Player of the Week for the fourth time this season. Not too much of a surprise right yeah, there. Right? Um, he was also named the College Madness National Mid-Major Player of the Week. So that's a mouthful, but congratulations to him for winning both of those. Rich Kelly added 24 points, three rebounds, and two assists in that win. The sophomore scored with less than a minute left in regulation, less than a minute left in a single overtime, and less than a second left in triple overtime for the Bobcats. So the clutch gene on Sunday for Rich Kelly right there. At 9-5, and five, Quinnipiac is now tied for first in the match with Canisius they are 14 and 11 overall 6 and 2 in their last eight a little bit of a lighter week for the Bobcats. So first off, they play Iona the night that we're recording this Tuesday. So make sure you go online to QuinnipiacBobcats.com and check at QU underscore MBB. That's how you can check up with the scores for the game on Tuesday. Following that, they're off until Sunday when they head to Monmouth for a game at 2 p.m. And like we mentioned, we are talking to Cam Young on today's episode. Matt and I both got a chance to sit down with him. He was at the end of a tour of duty doing media with you name it uh different different people i know andy katz from ncaa.com was one of the people that talked to him over skype he did a press conference whole nine yards and when we talked to cam young he's one of the most humble guys that you'll meet on this team he didn't talk about himself too much he was very complimentary about the team as a whole talked about the entire team and just a fantastic conversation that we had with him and he knows that the mission is not over yet he knows that yes this win was big but 
we still haven't made it to the MAC tournament yet. They there is still playoffs to play, and there's still a season to finish. So uh, we talked to him not only about the 55 point game and the win for the Bobcats, but you know what he's gone through the two years that he played in junior college before coming to Quinnipiac. Kind of skipped over junior year a little bit, but then when Baker Dunleavy comes in, what his role ended up being, how he's become a leader for this younger core. So it was a fantastic interview. We talked to him earlier this week, and without any further ado, let's hear Matt and I's conversation with Cam Young. And we're back here on episode number 20 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, and we are joined by the one and the only grad guard, Cameron Young. How are you today, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thank, double, you, for, thank double, you for joining us. Double nickel himself. Double 50, nickel. 55 <laughs> points. So, so yeah, we, we got wind over the weekend that, you know, there was um, – a big game going on for Quinnipiac basketball. Something good might have happened to you. I'm, I'm not positive <laughs> yeah, which, exactly what which it was. was it? Could you remind us again? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if, if you're just if you're just uh, somehow new to this story after everything, Cam Young put up 55 points over the weekend against Siena in a triple overtime win. Uh, just to read through the shot sheet, uh, that is an NCAA high for the 2018-19 season thus far. It's a MAC record and a Quinnipiac Division I record for points. So oh, yes. not the uh, not the worst thing to be able to add to a resume. So, I mean, we'll, we'll start with that before we kind of get into more of the, the personal side about you. I mean, yesterday, what was what were you feeling going into the game? Is there there's something that you did different, eat a different breakfast? I mean, you know, what what were you thinking going into yesterday? Um, just pretty much the same game plan, go in there and try to, you know, be effective and try to stay efficient. And um, early on in the first half, you know, I finished with about, like, you know, 20, 21 points. And at that point, I kind of knew that I was already, you know, going. And then leading into the second half, you know, just kind of left off. I mean, started where I left off in the first half. So at what point did you know, all right, I'm in the zone? Like the the, the net is wide for me and I, I can't miss. Um, I think I might have drilled my first, like, three threes. And uh, at that point, you know, like, you know, just being able to – being a shooter, you know, like, when you, when you can feel it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's game time. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean from a from a game perspective, uh, aside from the 55 points, that's also a huge win and a huge conference win. So, I mean, uh, you know, from a team perspective, how big was that win for you guys especially on the road? Uh yeah, that's probably one of the most the most biggest <laughs> the bigger takeaways from yesterday, you yeah. know, being able to win that game, like even with the 55, you know, 55 and a loss doesn't look as good as 55 and a win, and right. you know, now we're tied for first. So that's, you know, big for the standings, you know, us and women's basketball, you know, both both being first place for like the first time in a while. So that's big. Yeah, so I actually want to go back to the end of regulation. So you, you let up the bucket, Sienna forces overtime. What was Baker's message at the end heading into overtime? Um, kind of the same way. We've been here before, pretty much what he was telling us. We had a pretty similar game when we were up on Mammoth here at home and um, they ended up forcing overtime, went to double overtime and one versus them. So I think we were kind of just, you know, already experienced in that in that department and we're able to pull it out and triple overtime so uh, I mean we, we are not the first interview that you've done today too we're recording this on Monday afternoon so I mean uh, you know what, what has it been like for you now the the last 24 hours after the end of the game you see all the all the love on Twitter and then getting interviewed by God knows who so far this afternoon what you know what have the last 24 hours been like for you uh, yeah it's been pretty crazy I've got like over Probably about 500 followers on Instagram. There you of, go. Oh my God. Just of, Instagram alone. Just Instagram Doesn't alone. Doesn't hurt the so. personal brand yeah, right. to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of love on on pretty much all the social media. So yeah, What, it's been what nice. was Twitter like? Do you have a Twitter as well? or? Yeah, I don't really – I'm not really on my Twitter too yeah. much, so like I couldn't really tell you what it was like, but definitely a lot of notifications on there. So did you see yourself on SportsCenter as well? 
actually did. I seen it last night. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I feel like, what, what's that like turning the TV on and going, oh, there I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy for sure, you know, watching Sports Center like all the time, you know, watching, you know, all the other college players and finally like seeing yourself on there and, and being like, you know, scoring 55 points is, is pretty, it's pretty crazy. So have, have you caught up on your texts too? I'm sure those have probably been popping off for a little while. Yeah, it's been tough to keep up with everything that yeah. I've been getting, but yeah, I've, I've been able to, you know, try to respond to everybody. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about you. So, I mean, you you come to Quinnipiac for your for your junior year, but two years before that, playing JUCO out in Arizona. So, um, you know, the the stat line was pretty good in and of itself. Uh, Average seven uh, over seventeen points, six rebounds per game, and two assists. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty great stat yeah, line for, for, sure. for JUCO. So, I mean, coming in junior year, uh, you know, when did when did Quinnipiac start to come in? Like, okay, this is a this is a place that I could maybe take my career to the next level. Um. In my second year of junior college, I was being recruited by like a lot of schools, like kind of like some more like high major schools. And then uh, I did get the call from QU, and that was my first time ever hearing of the school, you know, being from the West Coast. And um, it's probably like more so towards the beginning of my season. And, you know, I kind of like, you know, just talked to them a little bit throughout the throughout the year. Then towards the end, like when it was time to make a decision, like that was one of the schools that was on me the most. So I came in, took my visit, and I, and I liked it. So what about the what about the program and the the campus and everything was was the ter- the determining factor for you? Um, yeah, like the campus in general, it's a it was a nice campus, um, especially you know the arena. It's a great facilities, especially for you know to be a mid major school. Like a lot of schools don't have that, so that's kind of what you know caught my eye. I would say. So heading in, so junior come in junior year, your first year here. Nothing really jumps off the chart that year, and then you find out coming into senior year there's going to be a change in the coaching staff. Baker Dunleavy is coming in, taking over the basketball program. So, I mean, you know, first of all, how'd you, how did you find out about that? What was the, oh, my goodness, you know, Baker Dunleavy is taking over our program? Um, I remember um, when the coaching change happened, I was in class and, like, you know, somebody texted me and, like, it was a couple coaches in the mix for it. And then, like, I seen uh, Coach Baker on there, of course, and, you know, him coming from Villanova, you know, them winning – national championship that year I thought I thought it'd be like a you know a great opportunity for me to be able to play under him of course I mean the the, the opportunity yeah, yeah. of being in that kind of yeah. that kind of family line so day you know day one Baker comes in and what's he saying to you guys what you know what is he either trying to change or trying to instill in you guys what's that day one message that he was giving you um kind of just trying to establish the culture um uh, attitude is like a thing that we we say a lot and you know it's just like you know being there for one another stepping up for your team um just things of that nature, pretty much. And personally, what what changed for you? What changed as a as a basketball player when he came in? Um, you know, I kind of everybody knows about the year I had my my junior year, so it's just kind of like like new life, like a new opportunity, just a a different feel, like when you got here for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, did did you did he talk to you one on one and explain that your role was going to change for this team? Um, I had yeah, he talked to everybody, but you know, when I went there, and talked to him, of course. Um, I, he asked, he asked me like why I did why I thought I didn't play and you know how how did I play because you know he didn't really have any film on me so it's kind of just yeah. word of mouth at that point so yeah so uh, I mean that you know the year one is widely regarded as kind of a, a growing year you know there were a, a lot of younger players a lot of younger players getting major minutes so I mean as a you know as a leader and an older player in that program what were you seeing last year from the team in terms of potential or just you know what some of the younger guys could bring to the program. Um, I think last year was big uh, for guys like, you know, Rich Kelly and Jacob Rigoni. Um, 
them being freshmen and kind of getting thrown into the fire early, I think that kind of, you know, like shaped them to be able to be as successful as they are right now this year. So, right. Yeah. So then coming in year two, yeah, I mean, you, you, you kind of you set the building blocks last year and then year number two comes in so far. You guys are 14 and 11, six and two in your last eight. Those are pretty eye popping numbers tied for first in the Mac. Like you mentioned, both teams are, are, are first in the Mac. And I can't remember the last time men's basketball was tied for first in the Mac. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely not during during our our limited time yeah, here. Yeah. But um, you know uh, what? What's been the biggest difference this year? I mean, year one to year two under the the Baker Dunleavy era is a is a pretty significant jump so far. So from your eyes, what's been the biggest difference? Um, I would say probably just the experience, the the year of going through like those tough losses and you know um, losing together as a team and like learning from it. We got probably maybe eight guys or seven or eight guys coming back that was on that team last year who you know we were in those close games those double overtime games where we we couldn't pull that out and I think this year we were able to you know kind of take a step back and see what we how we couldn't execute then and we're able to do it now so you think there were a lot of good lessons learned from last year yeah for sure okay so talking about you specifically looking at your grad year right now What's next for Cam Young? Both, I mean, even it could be even tomorrow. But what's what's next for you? What do you think the the future holds for you? Um, hoping to you know finish the season off strong. Um, we want to you know, of course, be first in the MAC at the by the end of the year and uh, make a run in the MAC tournament and hopefully be able to you know go to the NCAA tournament. Now I checked bracketology today. <laughs> you guys would be a 16 seed. Yeah, and that would run you in to the Duke Blue Devils if it ended today. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. But what, like more importantly, what would an NCAA appearance mean for this school? It's never happened Yeah, for I think, men. I think just getting there alone would be like, you know, big for Quinnipiac and especially, you know, going up against a team like Duke. I mean, seeing the crazy stuff that happened last year during March Madness, I mean, you can really see anything's possible. So Virginia lost yeah, to a yeah. 16 seed. And, I mean, look at the you know the, the resiliency that you were talking about and the lessons that you guys have learned. I mean, there's – I'm not going to say it. I won't say that there's any, <laughs> any, kind of, uh, any kind of Disney character in the yeah. making or anything like yeah. that. But, um, you know, lastly for, lastly for me, I mean, so, you, you know, one of the older guys on this team, you have a, a generally a younger core that's playing around you. So what kind of leader would you say that you are? Are you more of a vocal guy? Are you a lead by example? And, you know, how do you, how do you try to lead this team? Um, I would say more of a lead by example guy. I mean, people will tell you that I'm like kind of a reserved, kind of quieter person. So definitely for sure, probably lead by example. Okay. And my last question before we head into our three <laughs> uh, final ones. What is the attitude around this team right now with the national media and tied for first in the MAC? What was the film session like today? Um, pretty much the same, to be honest. You know, we we uh, we're happy to get that that notoriety, but like it, we talked about in the film, like you know, if we were able to you know close that game out, we were up twenty. If we we could have closed it out and you know took it to thirty, forty. Like we wouldn't even be here talking about fifty five or you know couldn't be a triple overtime win, which uh, you know. It's good to have that, you know, that notoriety, but it would have been better if we could have closed out in regulation. Should we ask him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we should. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so like we mentioned before we started, we asked three questions. We asked the same to Rich and Rich and Jacob. They're the yeah. thinkers, the ones that also, really kind of get you. Yeah. We asked this to Abdullah Bundu too. Yeah. What's with the water? What's with the water? <laughs> Does coach make you drink a lot of water? 
Yeah, he, for sure. <laughs> like he kept talking about drinking so much water during the off season. I mean, hydration is key. I know. I guess. But, so. Yeah. No, that's. I, I mean, it's specifically a, around this team. It's a smaller thing, but I, you know, I feel like it can be important, especially when you probably when you get to a triple overtime game and you're, you know, you're more hydrated and, and ready <laughs> yeah, to go play those longer minutes. I mean, I don't know if, there's, if that's anything you've noticed or if it's just kind yeah, of yeah. Like, am I making thing. that up or is it? No, we test like hydration before practice every day. Like, so we have to like. Like pretty much pee in a cup and yeah. they'll tell us if we're hydrated or not. All right. All right. <laughs> well, that's so good to know. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, like we mentioned, uh, three questions. These are the thinkers. The first one, if you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, because, of course, that would be that our, would first, be our pick, first choice. Where would it be and why? Um, I would say probably back home in L.A., man. Like, to be honest, that's my, my favorite place to be, uh, you know, always sunny, stuff like that, like. So I, I'm kind of, I mean, you, you, obviously, so you'd want to go back home to L.A., but, I mean, you, you, chose, you chose to come out to the, the Northeast. Were you, were you looking to kind of change it up a little bit and try something new when you, when you chose to come out here? Um, yeah, for sure. It's kind of like when I went to junior college, I didn't want to be in L.A. at the time. Like, kind of just wanted to branch out, you know, being there for 18 years. You know, yeah. went to junior college for two years in Arizona, then, you know, finally came to the East Coast for, you know, going on three years. So, yeah, go. for sure. Chance to that's, see the world. That's honest. It's probably the best answer I, I could have asked for. Yeah. You know, like, he's he's right. 18 years in one spot. Like, why not try right. something new? Yeah. Um, okay, the next one. Uh, if you could have dinner with one person, either alive or deceased, who would it be and why? It's not easy. Mine's Justin Timberlake, if it means anything. <laughs> We've had people do, do uh, somebody from their sport that they play, yeah. you know, uh, Relatives. A couple presidents. We've yeah. gotten a couple presidents. presidents. A couple yeah. old presidents. Yeah. A few Abe Lincoln, George Washington's thrown in. Yeah, you know? Abe Lincoln one was wild. Yeah. Well, a lot of good stuff there. <laughs> I might I might go with Drake. He's actually like so like one of my favorite artists, so Yeah. Follow him on all social media. So yeah, I would I, say Drake. Drake would be a good one. Oh yeah. The ultimate I mean, there are so many questions, not just about music that you can ask I have him. There's so, so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. many questions. Yeah. If those Kim Kardashian rumors are true, I wanna know. <laughs> I wanna know. <laughs> Could get it at dinner, you never know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and the last one. Uh, so you're on death row. What is your final meal, your dinner, your drink, and your dessert? I would say chili cheese fries. Drink, uh, I'd probably go like a, maybe like a cherry lime slushy. See, another one I got to try. Sonic and in and out And then maybe just, you know, Vanilla ice cream for dessert. Nice. All right. No good. toppings. Keep it. Keep it simple. Yeah. Plain for me. Like that. I like that. That's a good move. Superior than chocolate. Far, far more superior than chocolate ice cream. I'm. I'm on. Uh, we've had this conversation before. Uh, I'm times. on board with that. But I think we're about to have a post podcast conversation about about that with the people <laughs> yeah. in the room. Uh, Cam, we want we want to keep the train going for your followers. So uh, where can we find you on on Twitter, Instagram, everything? Um, I think my Twitter. Yeah, Twitter and uh, Instagram are both the same. Baby Colt, uh, B-A-B-Y-K-O-L-T. All right. Okay. Well, Cam, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, congratulations on 55, and best of luck heading into the yeah, next man. schedule. Yeah, best of luck. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me.
Thanks so much to Cam Young for joining us here on episode number 20 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. Make sure you do follow him. It is at Baby Colt, like he said, B-A-B-Y-K-O-L-T. That's Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow him. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go online to QuinnipiacBobcats.com. You can get all the breaking news, stats, rosters, scores, tickets, merch, anything you may need. Go online to QuinnipiacBobcats.com for that. Make sure you follow all of these social media accounts. It is at QU Athletics on Twitter and Instagram for the main account and at QU underscore MBB if you want to follow the men's basketball program. We like to plug our hosts right here because, you know, we like a little of the extra attention, too. We do some work for this podcast each week. Matt McAuliffe, if we want to follow you, how can we? At McAuliffe 7 on both Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely. And I am at Dan Ball. B-A-H-L. Make sure you go online also to HobieBaker.com slash vote. You can vote for the 2019 Hobie Baker and make sure when you do you're voting for Quinnipiac Captain Chase Prisky. He's dropping a little bit right now. He's down to fourth. He's still right in the running, though. He's right there, but we need your help. Vote every single day. You can vote every day. Make sure that you are. Spread the word using the hashtag ChaseTheHobie. We would really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.